0: Welcome to 11 Cats Radio. Have you ever wondered how a cat's perception of the world might differ from your own? Well, put your cat glasses on and find out what cats want you to know as we explore their world through their eyes. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, a healthcare and patient advocate for people and an advocate, not only for my cats, but for you and yours. And for cats everywhere. Enjoy the next few minutes with us where we believe that a cat is not just a cat. Flea collars. When people ask me about flea collars, or actually any other question that pertains to their cat, I always answer the question as if they were asking about themselves, or perhaps their little child. Should I use a flea collar on my cat? What I hear is, should I use a flea collar on my child? If I wouldn't use something or feed something to my child, then I wouldn't use it or feed it to my cat. Ah, it's just a cat! Uh, to me, a cat is not just a cat. and. The reason I'm thinking about flea collars today is because someone recently suggested that people put essential oils on cats or cat collars to keep fleas away. Well, this kind of shook me up because when it comes to cats, I personally would stay away from essential oils. And that sounds strange because I have an essential oil line that I promote for people. And the reason why I suggest not using it for cats is because cats lack a specific liver enzyme that would allow them to metabolize the chemical constituents in essential oils. So certain oils, actually most oils, and high concentrations can cause liver damage and consequently death in your cat because their liver cannot handle it. And I don't think that's what people have in mind when all they want to do is avoid fleas. So my thinking always errs on the side of science and facts, humane and compassionate. Couple this dangerous suggestion of dropping essential oils on cats or their collars with the use of typical flea collars, and my mind goes back to some of the cats I've cared for at my no-cage Cats Inn on the Chagrin it's where we have a boutique home-away-from-home home for people who are taking vacations, going to the hospital or rehab or nursing homes, and need a place for their cats that is safe, happy, and, of course, cage-free. And just by the way, you can find out more at the website in on com. That's cats IN I-N-N, like a hotel, Cats in on the Chagrin and it's C H A G R I N Chagrin, which is a river right behind my house. Cats in on the chagrin dot com. Well, sometimes people bring their cats to me with the pesticide laden plastic flea collars on their cats, and I always ask to have them removed prior to their staying here. And right now I am going to tell you why. Why? This is not a safe practice for you, your family, the health of your home, and most importantly, the well-being of your cat. Now, the way flea collars work is either to emit a toxic gas that kills or repels fleas, or to release a substance that dissolves and spreads throughout the fatty layers of the animal's skin, your cat's skin, so that fleas are killed anywhere on the animal's body. Now, just hearing that sentence, I ask, would you do this to your child? There is a specific collar I've recently had the displeasure to encounter, and it's called Soresto, and it's made by Bayer, a company whom I do not particularly care for. And because I'm known to digress, but I always come back, let me do that now, because here's what you need to know, just briefly, about the company Bayer, and I have talked about this first one in the past on one of my radio shows, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Speak Up Talk Radio. Heroin. Bayer founded in Germany in 1863, and prior to its famous launch of aspirin, the company, Bayer, sold heroin, marketed as a cough cure and a morphine substitute, claiming that it was not addictive, until people realized that it was. Nice, right? Then, during World War II, Bayer was part of a consortium called IG Farben that made the Zyklon P pesticide used in Adolf Hitler's gas chambers. Need I say anything more about this company? Oh, but yes, I will. How about Agent Orange? In St. Louis, Missouri, in 1901, Bayer set out to make saccharin. Well, there's another health gem, right? But by the 1940s, it was producing farm-oriented chemicals, including the herbicide 2,4-D, which, combined with another dangerous chemical, was used to make the notorious Vietnam War-era defoliant, Agent Orange. Really? I mean, what kind of company does this? Then on September 5, 2018, Bayer Proudly announced that it had successfully completed the 63 billion. Yes, you heard me right. 63 billion dollar acquisition of Monsanto. And yes, you heard me right. The company known for its glyphosate based weed killer Roundup used to genetically engineer most of the corn you eat, soybeans, the cotton clothing you wear, and so much more. But because of the $289 million fine that Monsanto received in August this year for allegedly causing cancer in a groundskeeper, the market is fearing that there are more fines on the way. And apparently Monsanto faces more than 8,700 similar lawsuits in the U.S. So hoping to ditch Monsanto's poisonous reputation, Bayer has said it plans to drop the company's name from its products. So when I see a cat and dog flea collar made by Bayer, now you know why I cringe. All right, let's get back to cats. So how does the Soresto flea collar for cats work? And this goes for dogs as well. According to the Bayer slash Soresto website, they say the Soresto collar works with a unique polymer matrix of two active ingredients, which spread from the site of direct contact over the skin surface of your cat from head to toe, even the tail. The ingredient, and I don't know how to pronounce this, imidaclopride, imidacloprid, who knows, they say it's been used in products for years to control flea infestations. (laughs) Whoa, now how flawed is that? So what, it's been used for years? Well, that means absolutely nothing. And by the way, by years, it's only been since 1995. Now this is an insecticide that was made to mimic nicotine. And I want to talk about a web page from the National Pesticide Information Center when it comes to this imidacloprid insecticide. They say, always follow label instructions and take steps to avoid exposure. If any exposure occurs, be sure to follow the first aid instructions on the product label carefully. Chemicals may get on the skin, get into the eyes, be inhaled or be eaten. This can happen if someone handles a pesticide or a pet recently treated with a product and does not wash their hands before eating. And for those concerned about the health of our environment, this website also says that this insecticide can last for months or years in the soil and is very toxic to honeybees and other beneficial insects. And we all know that when people toss out their cat or their dog's flea collar, they just toss it in the trash rather than safely dispose like a hazmat product. So it's easy to see how it gets into our soil and water and is killing the very insects that we need to pollinate our food. Unless, of course, we don't need insects to pollinate or cross-pollinate round-up genetically modified plants. Well, now next, Soresto lists the next ingredient, flumethrin, and they say it effectively repels and kills ticks. They say flumethrin works together with imidacloprid to provide dual action against fleas and ticks. No other product has this combination of ingredients. Well, so what? No one other than Bayer could probably get away with it. Oh, and that's right, actually, because I have sitting here right next to me, from the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, dated October 17, 2012, the actual Ceresto cat and dog flea collar application that states, and this is from the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, it states, and I quote, On an acute basis, flumethrin was moderately toxic to laboratory animals by the oral, dermal, and inhalation routes of exposure. The EPA waived the requirement for acute toxicity studies since they are collars impregnated with the active ingredients unquote. Now the rest of this page goes on to talk about all of the side effects from studies that they do have based on these chemicals, yet the State Department at the very end cites the fact that Bayer conducted its own studies. So now all is cool with the state. So the state finds that this never-before-used synthetic chemical is moderately toxic via dermal routes of exposure but further studies are waived, and based on Bayer's very own studies, the green light is given. Well, I don't know about you, but this doesn't make me feel inclined to expose my cat 24-7 for 8 months. The Ceresto site also talks about sustained release technology. Soresto works similarly to a monthly topical, but as the active ingredients wear off over time, a new supply is continuously replenished from the collar, in low concentrations, the active ingredients spread from the site of direct contact over the skin's surface. Bayer's Polymer Matrix technology is designed to slowly and continuously release the active ingredients for eight months, a duration that makes it clearly different from other flea and tick collars. Yak, yak, yak! Who wants to be petting a pet that is continually bathed in these toxic chemicals? Now, who would know any of this? unless one spent an inordinate amount of time, like I did, to find out. Now some of the features that make flea collars somewhat effective also makes them dangerous to both pets and humans. Serious, even life-threatening side effects have been linked with exposure to the chemicals within flea collars. So here's a list of reasons why it's important to stop using flea collars on your pet right this very second. That's right. Go find your pet and remove that collar pronto, and then go scrub your hands and dispose of that product like hazmat. So here's why. From the Soresto Flea Collar product information, which, by the way, they offer on their website as a teeny tiny link. It's not even colored, so that you know that it's a link uh, clickable. And once opened, it can't be copied. So if you want to copy the information, you can't copy and paste. You have to go back and forth and write each word down, which I did hear, what they say, as with any pesticide product, do not allow small children to play with the collar or put them in their mouth. Avoid contact with eyes, skin, and clothing. Wash thoroughly with soap and water after fitting the collar. And a lot more, but you get the idea. Do you know how many children are going to touch and play with that collar? Are they really going to rush to wash their hands? Flea collar manufacturers include warnings on the products to avoid exposure and to wash your hands thoroughly after handling the collars. Research has shown these measures are not enough to limit exposure. Studies have shown that after just three days, residue from the collars on pet fur exceeded acceptable EPA exposure levels for children. Did you hear that? Studies have shown that after just three days, residue from the collars on pet fur exceeded acceptable EPA exposure levels for children. Even after two weeks, 75% of pets still have unsafe level of toxins. A study conducted by the National Resources Defense Council says these chemicals are highly hazardous to animals and humans, can damage the brain and nervous system, and can cause cancer. A first-of-its-kind study by the NRDC shows that high levels of pesticide residue can remain on a dog or cat's fur for weeks after a flea collar is put on an animal. Residue levels produced by some flea collars are so high that they pose a risk of cancer and damage to the neurological system of children up to 1,000 times higher than the EPA's acceptable levels. Based on what we know about the EPA, who knows what these levels are or what they really mean? Children are particularly at risk from these pesticides because their neurological and metabolic systems are still developing. They are also more likely than adults to put their hands in their mouth after petting an animal, and so are more likely to ingest the hazardous residue. The study says that we found that residue from two pesticides used in flea collars were high enough to pose a risk to both children and adults who play with their pets. It was also discovered that flea-collar toxins are readily transferable, moving easily from a pet to furniture, children's toys, and even directly to humans. And how is this for flawed thinking? Or is it perhaps to protect the industry rather than the consumer? The EPA's risk assessment for pet products assume that all toddlers Children aged 1 through 6 years weigh 33 pounds, have contact with only one treated pet per day for no more than one hour per day, and would never put anything in their mouths other than their fingers. The EPA's assumptions don't apply to many or even most children and therefore don't protect them. For example, more than 90 percent of one-year-olds weigh less than 25 pounds and therefore receive a larger relative dose of pesticide than the EPA's 33-pound typical child. Many families have more than one pet, and you would reasonably expect that they would treat all their household pets for fleas at the same time. Many children spend hours each day with their pets or even sleep with them. That's right, roll that collar around your bedsheet and blankets, blankets that seldom get washed, or a child's favorite stuffed animal that goes everywhere, cross-contaminating everything it comes in contact with. And any parent will tell you that toddlers put more than just fingers in their mouth. Oh my. One of the most common and dangerous chemicals found in flea collars is TCVP, an organophosphate insecticide that works by interrupting a flea's central nervous system. Unfortunately, TCVP, which the EPA lists as a carcinogen, cancer-causing, also wreaks havoc on the human central nervous system, which shouldn't come as a surprise given that organophosphates are a central ingredient in several biological weapons, including nerve gas. Not only are children at risk, pregnant women are especially at risk. Public health scientist Miriam Rotkin-Elman, a, a key scientist at the NRDC's studies, has said, with a pesticide, it doesn't take very much to cause effects that will stay with kids for the rest of their lives. So while residual toxins from flea collars can be hazardous to humans, they can be outright lethal for your pets. Ranging from skin irritation, which I saw on several little kittens that came my way to spend a few days with me. Their necks, where the flea collars circled, were raw. Skin irritation and gastrointestinal distress to organ failure and even death. Flea collars have a long history of harmful effects in both cats and dogs. And just a quick look at product review sites like Consumer Affairs or Amazon is enough to get a sense of the suffering that flea collars commonly inflict on pet owners. Now, in case of ingestion or misuse, and I've seen people place a dog-specific flea collar on a cat, for instance, flea collars are regularly fatal, with smaller and older pets being especially vulnerable. Flea collars are also notorious for interfering with pet medications, sometimes counteracting them, sometimes rendering them deadly. Even under ideal conditions, flea collars can be fatal to dogs and cats, as sensitivities to chemicals or allergies usually remain unknown in pets until it's too late. And they're not as effective as you think, contrary to popular belief. In most cases, flea collars can be useful at at preventing flea infestations, if toxic treatments can be considered useful, but not at treating them. In fact, many flea collars are not even strong enough to kill adult fleas. And even when properly used, collars only serve to protect the area on or around your pet's neck. Considering fleas tend to hide and feed and hide primarily in pets' armpits, groins, bellies, and backsides, it's not hard to see why flea collars are only so effective at controlling flea problems. Now, thankfully, there are many pet-safe, family-safe options when managing and preventing flea infestations. For years now, And mind you, I have 13 cats, three of whom are outside all of the time, four who are in and out. We've never had fleas. I routinely wipe my guys and gals down with a half-and-half mixture of apple cider vinegar and water. I simply soak a washcloth in the solution and wipe down the cats. Obviously, avoid their eyes, of course, and it's as simple as that. So when you do this, be sure to get their backs, their bellies, arms, and legs, too. The bonus is when they lick themselves, they ingest the healing benefits of raw apple cider vinegar. I use the Bragg's brand with the mother, the one with the thick little things hanging in the bottom of it. it. looks like it's gone bad, but no, that's the healthy mother that's in the organic apple cider vinegar. I use Bragg's, and I've never had a flea. I also brush them often, and I wash pet bedding weekly. Regular washing your pet's bedding is essential to preventing flea infestation. Use hot water and add some apple cider vinegar. Regular vacuuming helps as well as caring for your lawn and garden using non-toxic weed deterrents. If your cats are outside, keep your yard clutter-free and trimmed, grass, shrubbery, and that will help prevent fleas from making a home in your yard. The bottom line is there really is no need to poison your pet or your family to keep fleas at bay. And perhaps if the public really knew about the nefarious background of the companies that make these poisonous products and the love affair between the government entities such as the EPA and big business, we wouldn't just run to the nearest pet store in a tizzy and grab anything to get rid of a flea. So I hope when it comes to all things cat or dog, Take action as if you were tending to your little child. After hearing about flea collars today, would you put one around your little son or daughter or grandchild's neck to wear day in and day out with no escape and constant exposure? I'm sure you answered a resounding no. Well then please don't force it on your sweet little companion. You and your pet will be much healthier. Thank you for joining us at 11 Cats Radio. I am Pat Rulo, grateful that you choose to advocate with me. Like us on Facebook at 11 Cats Radio. Follow us on Twitter at 11 Cats Radio. And while you're there, post some pictures of you and your cats and share your favorite cat tips. Send us your cats' most pressing questions and we will answer them on the show. Until next time, visit 11catsradio.com and give your cat a kiss from me. And remember, accepting a cat into your life is a lifetime commitment.